It's the first Saturday in May. Where are you? They're off in the Kentucky Derby. Not if you're from Vermont. Heartland, it is a lovely time for residents across the generations to meet, mix, and mingle. In Middlebury, Green Up Day is a, in caps, fabulous Vermont tradition. Reinforces a sense of community, pride in our community, and makes a huge difference in the appearance of our roadsides. There is no other state that has a Green Up Day like Vermont's. This is Before Your Time, presented by the Vermont Historical Society and Vermont Humanities. I'm your host, Lovejoy. Every episode, we go inside the stacks at the Vermont Historical Society to take a look at an object from their permanent collection that tells us something unique about our state. Then we take a closer look at the people, the events, or the ideas that surround each artifact. My name is Amanda Gustin, and I'm the Public Program Manager at the Vermont Historical Society. I'm sitting in the eerily quiet collections area of the Vermont History Center, doing things a little differently this month thanks to the global pandemic. Usually a few of us are here to talk about our object together, uh, but today you just have me. So on the table in front of me, I'm looking at a a hard hat. It's uh, white plastic. It's pretty much the standard hard hat that you might see on a construction site. There's no internal harness. Um, It's just the plastic exterior. It has markings all over it. Um, all over the top are names that are written in black. They're, they're signed, they're signatures actually. And uh, there are a bunch of different sort of styles of ink, different kinds of pens and markers. Um, some of them didn't take uh, all that well. They weren't really using the right kind of pen, I guess. So they are a little faded or, or beaded up or smudged. Uh, on the brim of the hat, there's a green label. It's it's one of those older type of labels where the label maker sort of pushed up through thick plastic and it says Governor Dean C. Davis. And on the front part, like the above the brim, there's sort of a, a ghost circle, like you can see your circle where something used to be. And uh, the collections record says that at one point there was a green update sticker there. Uh, I'm here talking about this object today because this hard hat was worn by Governor Dean Davis at the very first Green Up Day in April 1970. I really like this particular object. Uh, I've liked it for a long time now for for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, I think the idea of signing a hard hat is kind of evocative of the idea that this was an outside activity. Um, It's centered around physical exertion. And that people like the governor uh, might be going to any number of different places to collect litter. And I also just love the idea that that Green Up Day itself, right? This is the first one in in April 1970, that this idea of of getting out there and cleaning up the environment got approval and support at the highest possible level in the state. Um, It came out of the governor's office and, and the governor used it as sort of a moment of pride that he saved this hard hat that all these people involved in this first effort had signed. Um, I think that says a lot about Vermont and a lot about the things that people valued in 1970 and that they continue to value now. We, we think of Vermont as a, as a green state, not just the Green Mountain state, but this um, this idea of environmentalism and, and saving and preserving the environment has been important in Vermont's story for, for the whole, well, for a lot of Vermont's story, but it gained a lot of steam in the second half of the 20th century. And I think Green Up Day is a really important part of that story. And so this helmet, which shows that the governor was a 
key part of creating Green Up Day, um, is a great, great object to talk about that with. In 1969, Burlington Free Press reporter Robert Babcock approached then-governor of Vermont, Dean Davis, with an idea, cleaning up Vermont's roadsides. It was the young reporter from Burlington Free Press, uh, Bob Babcock, who, um, who on the way to Montpelier uh, noticed all the trash on the roadside from the melting snow in the spring and had the brainstorm of a statewide cleanup effort. And he brought this idea to Governor Davis. This was 1969, Governor Davis's first year. At that moment in history, Vermont was leading the way on a number of environmental initiatives. In 1968, the state banned billboards and restricted other roadside signs. The legislature was already debating and would soon pass Act 250, one of the first comprehensive land use and development laws in the country. And in 1972, we passed the first in the nation bottle redemption bill. People were ripe and ready, ready for something like Green Up Day to happen because they, they, they wanted to do something. They could see that there were things that were out of whack and they were ready to just come out and do something. And so along came these things and including Green Up Day, which it was a, a prime time for Green Up Day to come on the horizon. And he loved the idea so much he said, that's a fantastic idea. We want a year to plan this. Ted, points to my dad, Ted. And uh, you're going to be chairing this uh, task force, along with Bob Babcock, to organize the first Green Up Day for 1970. The voices you're hearing are from two people who know Green Up Day very well, longtime former director Melissa View and Parker Reilly, the son of Ted Reilly. My dad was, had a long history with environmental efforts in Vermont. He had, in 1968, as a legislator from South Burlington, spearheaded the passage of the billboard bill which banned all the billboards in Vermont. So that's always been a really cool environmental legacy that I've grown up with, with my dad's history in Vermont. And then uh, Governor Davis appointed him to the new, newly formed position in the governor's office, uh, actually on the cabinet, as secretary of the uh, Agency of Planning and Community Development. On April 18, 1970, Vermont held its first Green Up Day. It was a big deal. They even closed the interstate highways from 9 a.m. to noon so people could walk along and pick up litter. So for the first Green Up Day, they of course famously shut down the interstate uh, system so that volunteers could safely be on the roadside to clean up all the trash on the interstates. The urban legend was that they of course had to, they must have uh, secured congressional approval to do that because you do need a congressional approval to shut down the interstate system. Well, it turns out they never did get that approval, they just kind of went ahead and did it. I, I've always suspected, I never asked Dad, but he was a pilot also. He flew, a, he flew a Cessna 185, and of course the interstate system was designed to land airplanes in case of warfare under the Eisenhower administration. And I always secretly wondered if he was suggesting to shut down the interstate so that he could land his plane on the interstate, because that's exactly what he did. They had the ribbon cutting on the stretch of interstate right near where the whale's tails are now. Uh, that's what mom recalls, that's where they did this ribbon-cutting ceremony. So the governor arrives in his helicopter, I think it was probably a state helicopter, and dad and mom fly in with the Cessna and, and land right there in the interstate. They do the, the song and dance and the, the pomp and circumstance, cut the rhythm, ribbon, and off they go in the air again to check on progress throughout the, the state, buzzing over them, shouting words of encouragement to the folks down below. <laughs> and, and the looks and the, the, the expressions that my mom and dad saw on the people down there were just, of course, priceless. 
There's a great picture of Governor Davis with a group of kids standing right in the middle of an empty highway, bags of trash in hand. Melinda View has talked to a number of people over the years who participated in that first event, and they have different memories of how much they enjoyed it. She reads here two different accounts from two Vermonters who joined in as children. It was mandatory volunteerism. My dad said, you're going out there. <laughs> so, so okay, everybody out there that thinks magically, you know, there's tens of thousands of people went out. Well, they had a little help. One of my most vivid memories is participating in the very first Greenup Day in 1970. I remember being very excited to be joining several others from the Salisbury community to green up the area. I'll never forget finding a $1 bill on the side of the road. I thought I was the richest kid on the planet. <laughs> George Aiken, one of Vermont senators, was so impressed with Green Up Day that he read a letter about its second year into the congressional record in 1971. Mr. President, Several times recently, I have advised the Senate of things going on in Vermont which have lent and can lend encouragement and inspiration to other states. I now have to report another event which could have far-reaching results. Last Saturday, May 1st, a successful demonstration occurred in my state. This demonstration, called Green Up Day, was put on largely by our young people and extended into every community throughout the length and breadth of Vermont. Young people rose early last Saturday morning, I understand it was 75,000 of them, and began scattering all over the highways of the state, interstate, federal, and local roads. By 9.30, every mile of the interstate highway had been closed to the traveling public with state police guarding the access roads. The interstate highways remained closed until 12.30 p.m. when they were again open to the public. During this time, what did the young people of Vermont do? They collected virtually every glass bottle, every metal can, every scrap of paper which had been cast onto the roadsides by careless and unthinking people. The result was, by Saturday evening, Vermont was undoubtedly the cleanest state in the nation. Green Up Day continued within the governor's office for 10 years, until 1979 when a group of private citizens came together to form the nonprofit organization Vermont Green Up Inc., which continues to plan Green Up Day today. The state decided to get, give it away, and so interested citizens came together and formed a nonprofit organization, so they incorporated as Vermont Green Up Inc. And then the day was continued to be, of course, called Green Up Day. And, and so in my first year, I decided to ask, a, I'm going to say, half a dozen professional marketing people to have lunch for me, with me at the Lobster Pot in Montpelier. <laughs> Some people will remember that. <laughs> it was a great lunch, and the main thing that I came away with was they said that ideally, the name of the organization should be an action statement. So I went away, and I tell you, it didn't take me very long just to switch the words. So instead of Vermont Green Up Inc., it became Green Up Vermont. Act. <laughs> One year later, 1980, was the first year of an iconic part of the Green Up Day tradition, the annual poster contest. Each year, Vermont students from across the state create art that shows the spirit of the event. 
The winning artist gets to see their work on nearly every bulletin board at every country store in Vermont. After a tough run in the early 1990s, Green Up Day became more financially solvent and hired executive director Melinda View. The first Green Up Day that I helped organize was in 1996, and there may have been 7,000 people taking part, give or take. And as, as you know, that fast forward now, we've tripled that to a, a, a good 21,000, and there are more than that. That's only the ones that we can count. They added in sponsorships from companies across the state, many of whom still support the program today. And in 2014, Green Up Day became one of four organizations on the Vermont state income tax return. They're listed at the very end when you can decide to donate some of your refund. This year, Green Up Day is celebrating its 50th anniversary. Parker Reilly, who's been involved with Green Up Day since he was three years old, sums it up best. I mean, we have such a green brand as it is, and, you know, again, with a billboard, no billboards, and, and the statewide cleanup effort that really doesn't exist in any other state as, as this kind of concerted effort, um, but it's, uh, it's just a really neat, neat part of our, of our fabric and, and, and of our, you know, really of our, of our way of life. And, and I really see, I think the role of Green Up Vermont has always been, of course, such an important um, you know, leader in, in making sure this, this survives and, and goes on and, and every generation, year after year, is not only just aware of it, but enthusiastically wants to, to participate in this effort. And, and, and the numbers show, you know, obviously ongoing success. And I think a lot of us on the board, I've always felt that, um, you know, the drumbeat can and should be, and I think we've been doing a good job of making it more than just a one-day event. I mean, we're not trying to make it more than a one-day event uh, organizationally, but sort of that, that ethic, kind of that, you know, that uh, the year-round environmental ethic um, uh, kind of state of mind is what we've really engendered in Vermonters throughout the years because of this iconic, uh, really, institution, but it's really a tradition and uh, multi-generational and local participation, but all across the state. And uh, so it's just a, a really cool thing to be involved with. Before Your Time is presented by the Vermont Historical Society and Vermont Humanities. This episode was produced by Amanda Gustin and Ryan Newswanger. Thanks to our guests, Parker Reilly and Melinda View. Thanks also to Kate Albergini, Executive Director of Green Up Day, for her help on this episode. Make sure you subscribe to Before Your Time through the podcast app of your choice and rate and review so that other people can find us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>